0: How can Fox really try to paint this as uh,
3: largely peaceful, uh, filled with sightseers?
1: That audience is invested in the fact, because they've been programmed by Tucker Carlson for many years, they've been invested in the fact that you have to pick your side and stick with it, no matter what the cost is, suspend your belief, suspend your disbelief, just, you know, trust us. We're going to tell you, we're going to give you the talking points and the
0: arguments. Fox knows that's not true. Um, The president has been very clear. January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. It's
2: really sad to see Tucker Carlson
0: uh, go off the rails that bad. You you can't hide the truth. uh, by selectively picking a few minutes out of tapes and saying this is what went on, it's it's so absurd. It's it, it's it's a nonsense.
3: Tonight, Tucker Carlson took a
1: page from George Orwell's 1984 <laughs> and told his viewers to reject the evidence of their eyes and ears
3: I actually don't think that they believe that it's not true I think that they believe what he says I think they treat him yeah. as some
0: what's uh, of, of, of a messiah how dare you how dare you Tucker Carlson it is beneath the dignity of any American Wait, let's not to get, dismiss listen, their experience Sonny, let's not
2: le- my uh, concern is how it was depicted it was a mistake in my view for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. You know, I mean, the idea
3: of Tucker Carlson being in that mob that day and not wetting his pants is hard to imagine. I mean, I I find it hard to understand somebody who's never put himself in harm's way in in any capacity for anyone else uh, or on reporting a story. Um, and yet has the audacity to try to rewrite history. On on top of that, he's just proven himself to be uh, Donald Trump's chief propagandist. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting them go on again, and again, and again. Not because their views deserve such opprobrium, but because our democracy depends on it.
1: If you're like me, you're probably enjoying the meltdown. It
3: continues.
1: Tucker Carlson, the chief, the chief propagandist. In the United States, you're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show by just typing in trumpetdaily.com. That's the URL. takes you right to the live stream page. You can also watch the uh, the programs on demand after the fact as well. So if they really and truly believe this, they they won the election fair and square on November 3rd. Donald Trump then was lying through his teeth in November, December, through January of 2021. He was stirring up this insurrection. he, He attempted a coup. If they really and truly believe all of that, then the more footage, the better. The more footage that's shown, the more it makes their case, right? Well, that's not the way they're reacting, is it? They're they're in complete and total meltdown mode. Because the footage, the more you show, the more it undermines their false narrative. It was a setup from the beginning, and it was meant to cover up the steel It all goes back to November 3rd. You cannot expose this evil without going back to November 3rd, 2020. That's when they pulled off the steel and they had to cover up all of the evidence suggesting there was just fraud top to bottom. They covered it up with this hoax of an insurrection, the Fed Surrection. You might as well call it that because the FBI, who knows how many agents. Remember when Chris Ray was asked this not that long ago in, in one of those Senate or, or House uh, testimonies? He was asked, how many FBI agents did you have in the mix? And, well, I can't get into that. The, the answer, of course, is no. If it's the spontaneous, you know, Donald Trump, he incited it because he gave the, the never mind the fact that he didn't even finish his speech before those barriers were toppled over or, or, or pushed through by the so-called insurrectionists. Let, let that aside. But if Donald Trump incited this, if it was this spontaneous, well, are they even saying that? I guess it was pre-planned. It, it, it was an armed insurrection? Really? Armed? You mean the people with the flagpoles? They're going to try to take over the Capitol with flagpoles? They expect us to believe all of this, and the answer to that is, yes, they do. That's why they've selectively released only certain footage, only images that that can hopefully state their case. All the rest, some, what, 40,000 hours? It was kept confidential by Nancy Pelosi and crew. Kept confidential, the January 6th, they, they never showed any of that footage with the Viking hat guy just kind of waltzing his way through, through the Capitol, escorted by the police. Why didn't they show that? Why didn't they show not just Josh Hawley jogging, but all the others? Why didn't they show it? Why, why weren't they honest? Why weren't, if they want to get to the truth, and then now some of that footage comes out and, and you watch. You watch. As I say, carnally, it's, it's hard not to just enjoy the meltdown. They're, in, they're panicking because their lies are being exposed. And so, of course, as per usual, go after Tucker. Go after one phrase. You know, what was it in Charlottesville? Good people. Oh, let's key in on that and say Trump's a racist. And then just blow it up. Blow it up. Now it's Tucker saying there were sightseers there who revered the Capitol. Blow it up? Blow. Everybody was just on a sightseeing there. It's, a, it's like Tucker' saying there was no violence. There was nothing at all. no vandalism. They blow it up. The smear campaign is beginning. And it's on both sides. I mean, we've talked, we've talked in these last couple of years about how that the Uniparty is being exposed. It's both sides, like you just saw in the montage there. Mitt Romney, a Republican in name only. Mitch McConnell, what's he trying to cover up? We, we know, we know there were Capitol Hill police requests for, for more support, for backup and Pelosi turned that down. Was McConnell involved in that? Here he is. He's coming out with a statement. You, you mean we can't watch any, any footage on Tucker's show? But he's got the statement from the Capitol Hill police. Look, this is the version that, that I'm going by, okay? So Tucker, you know, Tucker made a mistake. That, that sheet of paper, that's, what, that's what's the most reliable source of information here. Certainly not in the footage that you can see with your eyes. Just listen to me. I mean, I'm the minority leader. And I've got the statement here from the Capitol Hill police guy. And he's told me what what went down on January 6th. So as I say, if they believe all of this from the heart, they'd say, have at it. Have at it. Watch 40,000 plus hours and then some. Watch more of it. And it'll just, support our case. It doesn't support their case. You notice, too, that in this meltdown of a reaction, none of them are picking it apart what Tucker actually said or what Tucker actually showed. They're just going after Tucker. Tucker's the problem. When has the, the Senate majority leader, in a, in a speech inside the capitol, On the floor of the Senate, has this ever happened where he's called upon the higher ups at Fox News to, what, he said that, that Rupert Murdoch has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on TV tonight. Schumer actually said that yesterday. That Murdoch has an obligation to stop Tucker from going live. I mean, that's crazy. That that's crazy that this is happening, in what's supposed to be the freest land on earth. Not anymore. The Uniparty. They are desperate. They are desperate to censor Tucker Carlson. They are desperate to keep the footage from ever seeing the light of day. They don't want you to see it. They don't. (laughs) How rich is it for who was it? Whoopi Goldberg talking about how Orwellian this is for Tucker to actually show footage. It's Orwellian. It's not Orwellian for them to selectively edit it and add, dub in some sound, bring in the Hollywood producer, and make sure you keep some of it buried. That's not Orwellian. What's Orwellian is for Tucker to get the 40,000 hours and say, here, take a look. She has it exactly backwards. Exactly backwards. I mean, we are living in Orwellian times for sure. Uh, The truth is being memory holed right before our eyes. It is a a war over truth. Kinzinger, he comes out. He's responsible for a lot of this. I I mentioned yesterday, yesterday the Loudermilk conspiracy. The fact that he was on some sort of a reconnaissance mission the day before. It's a total hoax. And it actually made its way into Kinzinger's report, the final report from the January 6th committee. Kinzinger was there, put his stamp of approval on it. So did Liz Cheney. She tweeted out yesterday, one lesson of the January 6th uh, is this. Trump lies. Spread on TV and social media provoked a violent attack on our Capitol. No responsible adult and especially no American pledge to our Constitution should deny what happened or repeat the same reckless lies. So she's, uh, she's with the mob that's now attacking Tucker Carlson. Yeah, we saw it. He incited the mob. This committee, The committee recommended that Trump be prosecuted. They recommended an indictment. Oh, yes. And so out comes the footage. Well, shouldn't the footage support what they thoroughly investigated? It's exposing the lies. How many people, after Monday night's revelation, how many talking heads have come forward and said, you know what really makes me upset is that this Viking hat guy is four years in prison and his attorneys weren't able to see or use some of the footage that Tucker just revealed, and we now know that he was just walking peacefully through the Capitol. Nobody's upset about this. They're, they're, they're angry with Tucker. What about the Viking hat guy? He's a veteran. And, and so is Ashley Babbitt, by the way. Okay, you want to talk about footage that has been revealed or released to the public? Look again, look again at clip three here, Ashley Babbitt being gunned down. Anyone talking about that following Tucker's revelations? That's not even Tucker's revelations. I mean, he ran it all through the Capitol Hill police. And McCarthy gave it to him. And good for McCarthy, at least, for standing his ground. This is what he had to say yesterday, clip two. Because of
0: the footage that you gave... Tucker Carlson, last night he went on and said this was a mostly peaceful chaos, as he said. He downplayed Brian Sicknick's death, said it was not related to January 6th, said this was not an insurrection. Do you regret giving him this footage so he could whitewash the events of that day? No. Um, I, I said at the very beginning, transparency. And so what I wanted to produce for everybody is exactly what I said, that people can actually look at it and see what's gone on that day. So but why, Mr. Speaker,
1: How about that? The stormtrooper there in the media pool. Uh, Do you regret that uh, you gave that footage to him so that he could whitewash the story? I mean, these people, they all think the same thing. And it's not even just the journalists, as I've said. You saw it in the montage. It's Mitt Romney. It's Mitch McConnell. It's all of them. All of them. They all think the same way. Don't you dare question the narrative established on January 6th. Don't you dare question the election integrity from November 3rd. This is all the big lie. And they've been telling it for 26 months plus. 26 months. This was a setup, pure and simple, and the FBI was in on it. The, the Democrats in Congress were in on it. The Rhino Republicans were in on it. It was a setup. It was meant to squash any dissent. And they were prepared, some few senators and, and Congress people, they were prepared on January 6th to expose the fraud. And they were silenced because of this, because of the fake insurrection. I mean, this is their ever-cherished narrative. You cannot dismantle this one, because if you d- dismantle this one, everything collapses. And so you see, it's very revealing, isn't it? Just looking at the reaction. Again, there's no love for the Viking Hat guy. I mean, where is there a liberal journalist that would at least say, you know what, some of the criminals from 2020, the the summer of love, they spent one night in jail. Viking Hat was in jail for 18 months just waiting for his trial. He didn't get to show all of the footage. He gets sentenced to four years. For what? For what? This is, this is CNN's expert legal analysis. They posted this when talking about Jacob Chansley. He's the Viking hat guy. Look at the bullet points. This is, ra- this is why he should be in prison for four years. 41-month sentence, it says, under that. He was among the first rioters at the Capitol. I mean, he was one of the first ones there. I mean, you could say the same thing about Ray Epps, right? He was one of the first ones there. Okay, what else? He asked Trump for a pardon. Well, that right there. I mean, he should have gotten 10 years in prison. What else? He left a note on the Senate days. It's only a matter of time. Justice is coming. What? Definitely prison term. Definitely time in prison. And then he says that Mike Pence is a traitor. So you can't say those things. You can't speak. Basically, you could sum up all of those bullet points by just saying, he was a Trump supporter. So, of course, he belongs in prison. Same with Ashley Babbitt. Gun down. You heard Steve Schmidt yesterday. Viking hat should be gunned down, too. All of these revelations, not one that I, that I know of, not one person that comes forward and says, look, this is a miscarriage of justice, what happened to the Viking hat guy. And what about Ashley Babbitt? Okay, let's more footage is being revealed. The Ashley Babbitt footage footage has been there from the beginning. This guy, what's his name? Michael Bird. He just guns her down in cold blood. She was unarmed, as were all of the protesters. No guns. Where were the guns in the armed insurrection? And if it's a deadly insurrection, who died? Besides Ashley Babbitt, who else was gunned down? Anyone? And then you listen to Chuck Schumer go on and on about Officer Sicknick, who died of a stroke, of all things. Listen to clip four.
3: It's an insult to the memory of every single person who perished in connection to the attack, especially to the memory of Brian Sicknick. Nonviolent? Ask the Sicknick family. It makes me sick just thinking about what his family must be going through this morning.
1: He's worried about what the Sicknick family's going through. These, these, this family, basically, that's been corrupted by these radical communist Democrats. He's sick over what the Sicknick family's going through. What about the Ashley Babbitt family? What about her husband? What about her mother? What about the fact that she was, she was gunned down? She wasn't even armed. What about the fact that Michael Byrd... He's, he's scot free. Nobody's going after him. Nobody's calling on indictments for him. I mean, this is really sick and demented stuff through and through. These people are sick. It's just as God describes it in Isaiah 3 sickness from head to toe. It's sick at the top, it's sick in the head. And then it filters right on down. Tucker responded to Chuck Schumer calling for him to be censored, of all things, at the Senate floor. This is what
3: Tucker had to say last night, clip nine. A couple of obvious observations. You don't often see the Senate majority leader openly call for censorship on the floor of the Senate as if that was totally normal and didn't contradict the spirit and the letter of the First Amendment, but of course it does. But what's really happening here, what you're seeing is hysteria, the overstatement, the crazed hyperbole, the red in the face anger, what is that? Well, it's not outrage, of course, it's fear, it's panic. Those videos, which we did not retouch, which we brought to you after running everyone by, the Capitol Police to make certain that we didn't imperil anybody, and we told you that last night. Those videos touch a nerve because they're a threat to the lies that Chuck Schumer has been telling for the last 26 months, and not just Chuck Schumer.
1: It's not just Schumer, that's for sure. Tucker didn't bring in the Hollywood uh, producer. The January 6th committee did that. Tucker didn't insert audio into the video clips. The January 6th committee did that. Tucker didn't selectively edit these bits of footage. It was the January 6th committee that did all of that. And the reason they're melting down is because they're afraid, just like he pointed out last night. They're afraid. It's fear that's motivating the meltdown. They're they're afraid that their precious narrative is going to collapse. And, of course, if that collapses, then they're exposed as the frauds that they are revolving around the, the presidential election of 2020. Listen again to Tucker from last night, clip 10.
3: And from this, we learn two things. One, you're getting close to what they really care about. And you have to ask yourself, why? Why is it so important that they would degrade themselves by telling such obvious lies and calling for censorship? Why? What are they trying to protect? That might be worth exploring, and we plan to. And the second thing that we learn from this is that they're on the same side. The Senate Majority Leader joins the Senate Minority Leader. Tom Tillis, Mitt Romney, <laughs> they're all on the same side. So it's actually not about left and right. It's not about Republican and Democrat. Here you have people with shared interests the open borders people, the people, <laughs> the people like Mitch McConnell who are living in splendor on Chinese money, the people who underneath it all have everything in common are all aligned against everyone else. And that would include. Almost all news organizations in this country as well. And so if you're watching this, it might be kind of interesting to keep a list. Because one thing we learned today is that they're all in agreement with each other. They kind of outed themselves. They sort of showed their membership cards and whatever club this is to the public. So keep a list. If you want to know who's actually aligned, despite the illusion of partisanship, we found out today.
1: They're all in the uniparty, aren't they? just pulling America Under Attack out from the stack here. America Under Attack. I mean, it's really Jeroboam and then the rest. Second Kings 14. If you don't have this book yet, it's a must-read for sure. The 800 number. Callers are, or operators, I should say, are standing by. The 800 number is one 930 3024 That's a toll-free number if you live in the U.S., Canada, or the Caribbean. But it lays it all out. America is under attack. And as Tucker points out there in that clip I just played, they, they're all together. It's really, my father makes the point in this book that God is going to expose this communist infiltration, this communist attack. He's exposing it. And they're, they're outing themselves for Mitch McConnell to come up and wave the sheet of paper from the Capitol Police. See, see, see? This is what I believe. Don't don't you watch what Tucker's put on. That was a mistake. You know, and we've gotta, you know, we've gotta go after Murdoch. The the if they're exposed, they don't get away with their, their blatant lies, their obvious deception. That, a couple of months ago, this was at the January 6th anniversary. The fake president, Joe Biden, he's getting up there. And of course, the, the, the bad guy always, always, always is Trump supporters, MAGA supporters. He, he's talking about his name is, uh, what is it? Billy Evans. This is a Capitol Hill police officer who died. He was killed three months after January 6th, three months after. And you know who killed him? This nation of is a black guy, drove into this barrier and ran him down. He was a black nationalist, uh, a Nation of Islam member. And he took out the Capitol Hill police officer three months after January 6th. And notice, just watch how the fake president frames that incident. This is uh, clip six. Today is a ceremony to honor heroes of January 6th. We also recognize the late U.S. Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans. His family's with us today. Three months after January sixth, while they're still cordoning off the Capitol because threats these, by these sick insurrectionists continue
2: to be profligated on the internet. Again, all America saw what happened
1: What Officer Evans was killed, defending the checkpoint it had to go through to get up to the Capitol because of these god-awful sick threats that continue to move forward. There's your fake president saying the insurrectionist killed Officer Evans. He was killed by a black nationalist. So you see how important and how far-reaching this big lie really and truly is. Of course they don't want any additional footage out there exposing the truth. They want to be able to tell you, look, I mean, look at how many more officers have died because of January 6th, and they always carefully word it, you know, in connection to January 6th, because they know no officers died on that day because of the violence. But if you committed suicide three weeks later, I mean, you're a cat, you, uh, by the time this is over, as I've joked before, who knows how many casualties, will, will be because of January 6th. There he is, just brazenly lying to all of America. He's telling you this is the truth about January 6th. It's because of these awful insurrectionists that even Billy Evans was murdered three months later. Of course they don't want the truth. To be shown to you. It's Orwellian to actually show you the evidence. To show you the video. Listen to these. You'll see the Viking hat guy right at the tail end of this clip. And then one of the other insurrectionists, quote unquote. I don't know how long he is behind bars. But listen to these two as they're interacting with the Capitol Hill police on January 6th, clip one
2: here are willing to work with us and cooperate peacefully, like our First Amendment allows. Gather more Americans under the condition that they will come and gather peacefully to discuss what needs to be done to save our country. Show us no attacking, no assault,
3: remain calm. We're not going to assault, we're going to be heard. Everybody, this
2: must be peaceful. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble.
1: We have the right to peacefully assemble, says the Viking hat guy. I wonder if they were able to show that footage during his trial. Four years in prison. It has to be peaceful. It's just like Donald Trump was saying during his speech. That didn't even conclude before those barriers were (laughs) broken apart. Thanks to Ray Apps and his goons there on the front line. Of course there were those stirring up. Violence. Of course, there were those committing acts of vandalism. But most of it, as Tucker rightly pointed out on Monday night, most of it was peaceful. And we're just using the standard set by the communists in the media. This is from Time Magazine, September 5, 2020. So we go back to just after the summer of love. Listen to Time Magazine. Remember that summer? All those cities in the United States burning to the ground? All those stores, department stores being looted and burned? People being shot? Something like 40 or 50 people dying as a result of those riots? This was Time Magazine's report. The vast majority of BLM protests, more than 93%, have been peaceful, according to a new report published Thursday by a nonprofit that researches political violence and protests across the world. See, it was peaceful, the vast majority of it, in the summer of 2020, it was peaceful. Who can forget, who can forget the reporter in Minneapolis as buildings were burning behind him? His firsthand account, it's mostly peaceful. And so, well, are we surprised that then there'd be a study that comes out basically echoing the same sentiment? It was mostly peaceful. Ninety-three percent! It says here, The Armed Conflict Location Event and Event Data Project analyzed more than 7,750 Black Lives Matter demonstrations in all 50 states and Washington, D.C., and took, that took place in the wake of the George Floyd death between May 26 and August 22. I mean, this is extensive. And thorough. I mean, they investigated every single protest and found what? It was mostly peaceful. Says here, their report states that more than 2,400 locations reported peaceful protests, while fewer than 220 reported violent demonstrations. That was only 220 violent demonstrations. Listen, it's important that we get some context here. This is what the Tucker footage gives. It gives context. It shows that the violent, the violent minority was exactly that. It was a tiny minority of people, and who knows how many of them were FBI informants. We'll never get to know that because Chris Ray, he can't reveal. He can't reveal the way that the FBI operates. No, he can't testify that, no, of course we didn't infiltrate that protest. I can't get into that, Senator. I just can't get into it. I can't reveal methods, sources, any of, that, any of that kind of thing. But here they are saying how wonderful the protests of 2020 were. That, that was just three years ago. You see how stupid they think you are? The, these talking heads, these politicians, these Mitt Romney types. They go on and on about Orwell. They go on and on about lies, 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 Tucker lies, Tucker lies. They go on and on about how, hey, we've seen it. We saw the insurrection. AOC nearly got killed. So just believe us. You don't need any more footage. We're here to tell you that it was a violent, a deadly insurrection. Okay, besides Ashley Babbitt, who was gunned down? Which one of the police officers was gunned down? Which one of the police officers did the violent insurrectionist murder. Which one? Can you name one? They go on and on. Sicknick, the family of Sicknick, can't believe it. Schumer, he's carefully, carefully choosing his words for obvious reasons, because they're lying. Listen to Tucker again from last night, clip uh,
3: seven. Last night we aired video from surveillance cameras on Capitol Hill. That video was recorded 26 months to the day before, January 6, 2021. And for 26 months, that footage was held from the American public. The January 6th committee made certain. Now, the Justice Department also kept a lid on that video footage, and in fact, in some cases, DOJ did not share it with criminal defendants who'd been charged on January 6th in violation of their constitutional rights. So we felt it was a public service to bring what we could to you. There was no justification for keeping this secret any longer, and a powerful argument to be made that sunlight is always and everywhere the best disinfectant. And in fact, because it was video evidence, it is, to some extent, self-explanatory. Anyone could look at the tape and decide what he or she thinks of it.
1: He could have been so much stronger Monday, Monday night, last night again. I mean, t- he's, talk about carefully worded. Here's Tucker again. He's making tens of millions of dollars each year. He's one of the best-known broadcasters in the United States. He's wor- he is, in fact, working for Rupert Murdoch. He is, he's got to be careful. You, you, I mean, you've got to give him credit for going there. The, the video evidence is self-explanatory. But his analysis, <laughs> carefully worded for sure, Look, the video speaks for itself, he's saying. That's, that's really the, 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 the strongest part of his argument. He's not waxing eloquent as a, as a talking head, as a commentator. He's just presenting the evidence. Last night he had one of the Capitol Hill police officers who had a, a little bit of a different take than the one that put together the sheet of paper that McConnell was waving in front of the media. And, of course, not even interviewed. The January 6th committee decided not to interview this guy who said we were unprepared. We wanted backup. They wouldn't give it to us. Why wouldn't they want that guy's story? You mean we've got to wait 26 months later for Tucker Carlson to interview that guy? Seriously? So Tucker's the enemy. Tucker's the one that needs to be destroyed. Tucker's the one that needs to be censored. So says the Senate majority leader in the United States of America. Here's Tucker again from last night, clip eight.
3: So once again, you can draw whatever conclusions you like from that video, we have ours, and we shared them with you. But it's really beyond debate that it is good for this country for Americans to be able to see it. The media and politicians, the people in charge, have talked about January 6th every day since it happened for 26 months. And so at some point, the evidence should be presented to the public. In free countries, governments do not lie about protests as a pretext to gain more power for themselves. They don't selectively edit videos for propaganda services and then lie about them in fake hearings and show trials. But that's exactly what happened. And every member of Congress should ask why that happened. But Democrats in the Senate, the Democratic leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, is not asking why. Instead, Chuck Schumer went on the Senate floor today to explode. And to say that showing that video, evidence of wrongdoing by the federal government, including the security forces, the police department, that Nancy Pelosi personally controlled, letting the public see any of that is a threat to democracy. Threat to democracy.
1: We've heard that one before, have we not? Tucker says, in free countries, governments do not lie about protests as a pretext to gain more power for themselves. And that's what we see happening. That's exactly what's happening in the United States of America. The government lying about protests, lying about viruses, lying about vaccines. Listen to this unbelievable revelation. I mean, this, this should be headlines all across the United States today. What Dr. Robert Redfield, he used to head up the CDC, He was in there in that crucial period when Fauci and company were stirring up the scaremongering and then the vaccine thereafter. Listen to Redfield as he's discussing the lab leak theory, which he believed. He thought early on that, look, we've got to look into this. We've got to look into whether or not this came out from the Wuhan lab and not just from that wet market. Listen to this. This is from testimony either today or yesterday. Clip
2: 15. Phil, I want to stick with you. you. You have said before that you were locked out of conversations about the lab leak by Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins. Do you think they kept you out of the conversations because you believe COVID-19 may have come from a lab? Yeah, I think I made it very clear in January to all of them why we had to aggressively pursue this. And I let them know as a virologist that I didn't see that this was anything like SARS or MERS because they never learned how to transmit human to human, that I felt this virus was too infectious for humans there was a lot of evidence that lab actually published in 2014 that they put the h2 receptor into humanized mice so it could infect human tissue i think you know we had to really uh, seriously go after the fact that it came from the lab and they knew that that was how i was thinking although i thought we had to go after both hypotheses and i was told later Uh, I didn't know I was excluded. I didn't know there was a February 1st conference call until the Freedom of Information came out with the emails, and I was quite upset as the CDC director that I was excluded from those discussions. Uh, uh, Why would they do this? Because I had a different point of view, and I was told they made a decision that they would keep this confidential until they came up with a single narrative, which I will argue is antithetical to science. This was an a priori decision that there's one point of view that we're going to put, out there and anyone who doesn't agree with it is going to be sidelined. And as I say, I was only the CDC director and I was sidelined. The director of the CDC was sidelined?
1: Just because he had a different point of view. No, you have no part in any discussions involving Dr. Anthony Fauci. He is science. He is science. If you think it came from the Wuhan lab, then we're going to shut you out. That was February 1st 2020, February 1st, 2020. Now, now we know Redfield was right. His hunch was right. Fauci was wrong. Fauci was worse than wrong. Fauci was lying. You see what they do to someone who disagrees with their narrative, with their point of view? They blot him out. That's what must be done to Tucker right now. Because he's exposing their lies. He's he's giving the event, January 6th, context. You're seeing a bigger picture. And that's the last thing that they want. So they must destroy. They must smear and destroy and censor and blot out. That's the way they operate. This is, what did Tucker say? In free countries, governments do not lie about protests as a pretext to gain more power for themselves. Boy, the, 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 the intensity, the viciousness of these lies, it's at peak levels right now. I mentioned that verse yesterday to you, Isaiah 59 and verse 15, where truth, truth just fails. There's no judgment. Look at God's assessment of our nations, the nations of Israel. Israel in these last days, if you don't have the United States and Britain in prophecy, make sure that you call our operators to request that one. I mean, that's like the masterwork on Bible prophecy that we've produced. Herbert Armstrong, of course, wrote it. We fought for it during six years of litigation, and we still have it now to distribute freely. Call our operators today, one 866 and request the United States and Britain in Prophecy. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back.
0: The Trumpet Daily. One third of your Bible is prophecy, and 90% of it is for our time today. This is why when you study Bible prophecy, you often read statements like, in that day, in the last days, and at the time of the end. Biblical prophecy is what makes the Bible so relevant to today, so essential to understanding our modern world. Most people, even in the world of religion, assume that nations like Britain, America, Germany, Russia, and China are not mentioned in Bible prophecy. But if prophecy is mainly for our time today, how could the Bible ignore some of the most powerful and prominent nations of today? The key to understanding prophecy is knowing the biblical identities of modern nations. Learn about these identities in Herbert W. Armstrong's book, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. In this book, you will learn about the astonishing identity of the American and British people in biblical prophecies. Request your free copy today, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. Trumpet Daily
1: On Monday's show we talked about how Winston Churchill's painting hobby how it just heightened his sense of uh, awareness of observation he started to look at the world in a way that he didn't before he noticed so much more detail because he needed to as a painter he took up the hobby when he was in his his 40s and then ended up painting something like 500, 540 paintings in total, I believe. That's remarkable for a man that basically had it as a kind of a side note or a little bit of a hobby on top of being the world's best statesman of the 20th century, the man of the century. How important is it for us to be observant or for us to see, to be people of vision? The Bible speaks of this in Proverbs 29, where it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. We have to have vision spiritually. We have to see what is coming. We have to be able to read the future. I've mentioned that booklet, The Wonderful World Tomorrow, What It Will Be Like. Herbert Armstrong explaining in vivid detail what tomorrow's world will be like. And, of course, it's based on so many Bible prophecy passages, scriptures in your Bible describing that world. Who talks about it? Who anticipates it? Who's eagerly looking forward to it other than God's people? Churchill, just to return to his hobby with painting, he says, I found myself, I think I gave you this quote Monday, but we'll read it again. He says, I found myself instinctively as I walked, noting the tent and character of a leaf the dreamy purple shades of mountains, the exquisite lacery of winter branches, and dim pale silhouettes of far horizons, he says. And I had lived for over 40 years without ever noticing any of them, except in a general way, as one might look at a crowd and say, what a lot of people. He says, I think this heightened sense of observation of nature is one of the chief delights that have come to me through trying to paint. I expect that nothing will make one observe more quickly or more thoroughly than having to face the difficulty of representing the thing observed. And so this hobby that he took up in his 40s, it really heightened his powers of observation. And God really and truly does want for us to be observant to what's happening. Well, Jesus said we need to watch world events. That's why so many of you watch this program so that you can get God's perspective on what's happening in our world, what's happening in, in our nation. And we have so much literature, of course, to go with that. But we, we really do need to be observant, not just to world events, but we need to observe God's family. We need to, I mean, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about when one family member is up, you're up there with them. And when they're down and struggling, you're, you're certainly empathizing with them there too. We've got to be observant to those ups and downs, to our brothers and sisters, to be givers of love, to be encouraging, to be empathetic. That's the spirit of God's love. Notice Proverbs uh, 7, again, just to look at how descriptive, how vivid, how colorful so much of the language is in the Bible. Proverbs 7 and verse 6 in the Revised Standard, it says, For at the window of my house I have looked out through my lattice. I've looked out. I've observed what's happening on the streets. And here's what I've noticed Solomon could have said. Verse 7 And beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. He's lured in by this promiscuous woman he's gone astray spiritually speaking he's uh, obeying not the will of god but his own carnal impulses and desires that's a, I mean that's a description that i think we can all understand and see actually i looked out my window and this is what i saw don't make this mistake verse 1 of chapter 8 it says does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice. She stands in the top of high places, by the way, in the the places of the paths. She cries at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in, at the doors. Here Solomon personifies wisdom, wisdom and understanding. They're crying out, they're raising their voices, so that those who have ears to hear can receive knowledge from God can receive understanding and truth we have to have minds hearts that are willing and able to go after God's truth to receive of this knowledge to study we plug so many of these books and booklets on this show yesterday i mentioned the correspondence course a wonderful program to just really educate you in the truth of the bible i mentioned in the first segment the U- the us and britain in prophecy mr armstrong's Master work on Bible prophecy. America under attack. I mean, it does, take, it does take a willing and determined heart to really study into this, like the Bereans did in Acts 17. Searching the scriptures daily. They did it every day. Searching the scriptures daily to see if what Paul was saying was true. This morning in the Epistles class, I went through Colossians 1 and, and part of chapter 2. At the end of Colossians 1, it talks about fulfilling the word of God. What does it mean to fulfill God's word? Well, it just means that we're, we're filling up on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That would be the, the word contained in the Holy Bible. And we're living it. We're abiding by it. We're using this knowledge. This is the instruction manual. This is the how-to manual. God has given to us, and so in God's family, in God's church, I mean, we approach the Bible so differently than the ordinary churchgoer does. We were driving home from the camp out on Sunday morning and saw one of these mega churches. There's lots of them around Edmond. I mean, just cars streaming out of this church. I mean, lots of people going to, going to services, going to Sunday morning church. How many of them, though, study their Bibles through the week How how important is the Bible to their activities and affairs on a Wednesday? Just an ordinary Wednesday. Do they look to the Bible for guidance? Do they study the Bible on Wednesday? Or is it just the Sunday morning thing? I think most would probably have to admit that any prayer, any study, if it happens at all, is just confined to maybe that 45-minute service where there's probably some good music, good entertainment. Oh, yes. Some of them even provide child care. I mean, it's fun. That's the way that it's presented. Not that God's work and family and truth that we study isn't fun. It certainly is. Christ came to give us the abundant life. John 10 and verse 10. But the way to that abundance, the way to health and prosperity, as 2 John 3 or 2, I think it's 3 John 2 says, It's through commandment keeping, obedience to God's laws. That's that's the way of life that brings blessings and prosperity into our lives. And so as God's children, as God's family, we have to believe God's Word. We have to prove what is God's will as revealed in His Word. We have to understand and to know the truth of God. I mean, as far as powers of observation go, I mean, this is where we really need to be most observant, most detailed when we get into our study of God's truth. It is, after all, God's truth. It's God's Word. And so you can look at, well, just simple examples like Churchill taking up painting and draw some pretty powerful lessons. He obviously didn't understand the truth of the Bible. But I bet Churchill read through the Bible a lot more than most people do today. He was such a learned man. I mean, he was such a diligent studier. How about us? What does God expect of you and of me? I mean, he wants for us, if we take up this hobby, so to speak, even in our middle age, how diligent will we be to really produce all the way through to the end, to endure to the end, like Matthew twenty-four thirteen says, to really finish this spiritual race that we're in? That's all that we have time for, unfortunately. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. Don't forget the eight hundred number for all the literature I mentioned: one eight six six nine three zero. 3024 Thank you for joining us on today's show and we'll see you tomorrow.